1: Welcome here to another edition of Husker Online Headlines. Sean Callahan, Steve Sipple. I think we're back third third installment of the show. Sip, uh, it's been a lot of fun uh, doing this with you every single Thursday. Thank you, uh, th- Sean. The last few weeks and every week we hit on five what we think are headlines. Nebraska fans, Husker Nation, uh, want to hear about, and uh, no better place to start with the recruiting evaluation period uh, coming to an end this week. Uh, Nebraska's been down in Phoenix a lot. Uh, checking in on the nation's number one player for 2024, quarterback Dylan Raiola. Uh, no better place to start than his father, Dominic Raiola, Husker legend, uh, All-American, Remington Trophy winner. Uh, Dom Riola joining us here in what's probably been an extremely busy month of January for you and your family. Dom, welcome. Uh, thanks for taking some time with us.
2: No problem, guys. No problem.
1: Well, we'll give us a breakdown, Dom, because uh, when Dylan – decommitted from Ohio State that was the very end of you know the 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 December period so coaches couldn't really kind of get involved yet um January things opened up what have the last two plus weeks been like for you how many different coaches have kind of made their way into Arizona I know the contact is limited to an extent as far as what they can do with you in person Uh, but there's obviously been a lot of foot traffic your way uh the last two weeks
2: yeah when he decommitted you know we kind of took the month to just kind of enjoy a christmas and enjoy being around our family um and we kind of took it slow we haven't been on social media all december uh and then this thing kind of kicked off you know we said we're going to start this thing back up and uh from the ground level and that's um that's uh kind of what we started with and uh, i think every school that's come in uh they've come in um and saw you know saw dylan and 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 saw Chandler high school. And, uh, you know, that's just kind of where we're at. Um, you know, there's, I think this is an information gathering time Okay. and, uh, you know, it's, it's good to gather as much, uh, meaningful information as possible. Um, so yeah, that's where we're at. Okay. Dom,
0: Dom Rayola joins us. Dominic Rayola joins us. Dominic. Now we're talking about your son, Dylan Rayola. It's his, and you've made it clear to me, this is his decision. Um, But you, you know, you obviously monitor it very close. You're a football. You love football. When you think about the package that you want to see in the school your son attends, what, Dominic, what are the things that come to mind in the total package that this school, you want this school to offer your son, Dylan?
2: It sounds so cliche, but you want him to be around good people. Where, uh, you know, he'll develop as a person because I'm, we're, I'm a, we're big believers of developing people. And if you can develop the person, the football stuff will take care of itself. Um, so when you, you know, we talk about developing the person, it's, mm-hmm. you know, a selfless, uh, selfless culture that, um, you know, is going to, you know, be fertile for uh, being a better person and winning. You know, and and winning takes care of a lot. You know, and um, having the opportunity to win, and uh, so that's uh, that's kind of you know it's kind of cliche, but it, it's so true. Mm-hmm. That that's what you want for your kid. You want to be able to go to sleep at night and know that you know your kid's in a safe place and in a safe environment, and uh, and that you know it's conducive to winning.
1: Dom, you've had some unique opportunities now to 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 talk to Coach Matt Rule, meet Matt Rule. Your brother is uh, the lone coach that was retained on the staff here. Uh, Matt Rule went down there the opening day on Friday a couple of weeks ago. Marcus Satterfield was there this past week. First off, um, did Nebraska make it down this week? Uh, any coaches down your way yet this week? Are they planning on coming? down?
2: I think down? they're coming down tomorrow. Um, I think there's some coaches coming down tomorrow. But um, you know, anytime a head coach comes, that means a lot. You know, mm. it means that you're a priority. I mean, those guys are, you know, are, are 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 stretched thin. You know, of what they can see and who they can see, and when they come see you, it's a priority. You know, and so, you know, among other head coaches, you know, Harbaugh stopped by Chandler to see him. Mm. Um, mm. I know that's like a curse word in Lincoln, right?
0: No, not <laughs> too bad, me. Dom. Not
2: too bad. <laughs> not bad. No, okay. not too bad. And I'm still like thinking about Ohio State, but <laughs> yeah. but, okay. but no, he yeah. he came by and saw him. Uh, Kirby Smart and his staff were here, um, and and Coach Rule, you know, and being being there on the first day, you know that it, it makes you, it it does it does show a lot. Uh, it does show that he's a priority. It does show you know it means a lot, um, and you gotta you know. I think the thing people forget is, and we talk about it all the time, we take it for granted. Mm-hmm. If you look at, you know, Nebraska's program, and you look at the stuff that they're, they're doing around that, you know, around Lincoln, around their campus, um, you look at that facility. I've been to every facility in the country. There ain't going to be one like it, I don't think, within five years. Mm-hmm. You know, but then you put the people in it, right? Mm-hmm. Um, Nebraska is a true sleeping giant in this, in this industry. And, and I can say that because I was a part of that giant. Mm-hmm. Um, I was just a little part of it. You know, we had we had a lot of guys that, that poured into that program, you know, from leadership to, you know, all the way to the, the lowest of the low, the walk-ons, you mm-hmm. know, and, and I'm not saying that in a – it just – it means a lot. And there was – it really, truly took a village to build that place. And, you know, and so it's like – from a GA assistant coach to coach Osborne that, that, you know, that it's like the wide range and it all went into what we built there. And, and it was even before me, you know, so, and before I was there. And so uh, it truly is a, I call it a sleeping giant because it is a giant is one of the, one of the, you know, one of the giant programs in college football. And so I think uh, you have to, you have to appreciate that and you have to, you know, handle it with that kind of care because, uh, you know, you can say that, uh, you know, it's just another program. It ain't not in this house. It's not just another program. And uh, I think with coach rule, you know, being there and those guys that he brought in, I think it's, uh, you're going to see a lot of, you're going to see a lot of changes. And I don't know. We say that every time. I feel like we talk about that every time a new head coach comes in, but, Mm -hmm. you know, you got to look at where this guy came from and you look at how people talk about him and, you know, start you know, built temple and you just look at before that. You know, look at look at his track record before that. And so um, you know, we're excited. We're excited about the opportunity to, to learn more about this coaching staff and, and and what they're about.
0: Dominic Rayola joins us. Dominic, you have I mean you've have had time to form some early impressions of this new leadership. What 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 are your early impressions of Matt Rule, Marcus Satter Marcus Satterfield, et cetera. What, what, what do you like?
2: Yeah. Sip, I call it the information gathering process. And Mm -hmm. I think, uh, I think, um, I love how, you know, I just, I love how they they're building a relationship it's hard to say it any other way. Mm -hmm. Um, they're truly building a relationship with Dylan and our family and, and, and I think you can just start there. Um, you know, it's not, you know, my, it's, really has nothing to do with my brother being there you know my brother them retaining my brother is truly because he is a he is a good coach mm-hmm. he's a good o-line coach that does things the right way and so you know hats off to you know him that's a feather in his cap that they retained him. but um these guys are they're elite you know they're elite they, they, they he has a heisman trophy winner i think right with rg3 and uh with what he did with that program at baylor and you know you you look at you remember the college game day atmosphere they had when he was at temple, you know, like little things like that stick out. So for this guy to be on a, on a level of, uh, of of, at Nebraska football and and this time with Nebraska football, he really is embracing it. Uh, I was there when he talked to, you know, at the basketball game and that was awesome to see. And he really is embracing the true culture of, of, of all of, uh, all of Nebraska and, you know, and the leader above him um, really did a good job because you got to talk about when you talk about Matt Rule, you got to talk about who hired him, you know, and Trev Alberts and he really gets it, you know, and so, um, you know, it's, it's uh, never too far gone, you know, that program deserves a lot of respect and, and you know, and respect is always going to be earned, never going to be given and uh, I think what those guys are doing in the weight room with the, you know, with the new strength coaches and and those guys now, and, 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 you know, just hearing, I just, you know, I have a different insight because i my brother can share with me, you know, hearing that, you know, breakfast is mandatory and, you know, when kids are missing classes and, mm-hmm. you know, little things like that, it, it, it is a, it's a big deal, man. It, it really is a big deal.
1: As we wrap it up here with Husker legend, Dominic Raiola, um the dead period starts Sunday, Dom. Uh, obviously the month of February, you guys are going to probably do a lot of thinking, uh, but do you know at this point in March what schools you're going to visit have you set a date yet on when you'd like to come back to nebraska to spend some more time uh when the when things open back up in march
2: yeah i don't know um we don't have any specific schools we don't have any flights yet um i will tell you we're, we're going to be at the back in nebraska uh, how many times i don't know um but it's a dead period for most but I got family there, so it's not really a dead period for me. So you you could come. <laughs> you know, I mean, the dead period doesn't yeah, do really apply to Nebraska, right? I right? think. I mean, shoot, I, I I went to school there. I'm alumni. I think it's a little different. I don't know. We got to see what compliance says, but you know, just um, continuously, you know, learning. I think it's a dead period, but I think you can still talk to coaches. Um, so it's going to be, you know, it's going to it's going to ramp up here and and get pretty heated, but you know, Nebraska's definitely a school that we're going to visit i know we're planning on going to athens you know georgia and okay. and seeing their program okay. um you know they i mean the, the usc's oregon uh I, I don't know what other schools are going to emerge i really don't like it, we have to talk about it as a family after this month concludes and and then we'll get back into it but um you know it's we're, we're going to come see we're going to be back in lincoln that's for sure
0: one more from me dominic you were here when Ben Scott was here that weekend, you went to a basketball game. You were kind of, an, you, you, you were kind of involved, right? Did you kind of feel like a recruiter that weekend? <laughs> yeah, I,
2: I did, you know, yeah. and it's easy for me to talk about um, the program because I love it. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, I, I knew Ben Scott was a, was, was going to be a good, was, was a good player. I mean, if he's a three-year starter uh, in a, in a in a power five conference at a school like ASU. He started at right tackle. Then he came in to play uh, center. And, um, you know, I got a chance to work with him when I was in Texas, came out and stayed with me for five weeks and Hmm. went to my high school in Hawaii. His mom's from Nebraska. His mom went to University of Nebraska. So I thought it was a big deal that um, to just shed light on how big of opportunity this was for him. And I know he had some other opportunities, but, this is a big one. I mean, it hit close to home, mm-hmm. kind of similar, right? Mm-hmm. Hit close to home and, uh, you know, and, and just to show him that, look, man, this place is, is no slouch, mm-hmm. you know. We're, we're some wins away from competing with the playoff being 12 teams. It's realistic to say, like, Nebraska is, is, can be one of those schools, like we saw TCU do uh, this I year. I totally you know? agree. Yeah, It for sure can be one of those schools, mm-hmm. especially with the leadership involved. So, um. Yeah, Ben Scott's going to be I'm, – I'm, I'm looking forward to rooting for him.
1: Well, Dominic, we appreciate you taking a few minutes to Gosh, join us don't. here on Husker Online Headlines. Hopefully we can get you on again here down the road, and uh, best of luck as you kind of sort through uh, a lot of decisions here in the coming weeks. Sounds good. Thanks, guys. Thank you, Dominic. All right, that was Dominic Riola right. Sip, let's move on. Hi, it's Sean Callahan with Husker Online. We all have smartphones, and we all know they're pretty amazing, but they also can be amazingly distracting, especially when we're around other people. So U.S. Cellular wants us to reset our relationship with our phones by putting down our phones for five. That's right. A company that sells phones wants us to put down our phones and see what we find. Learn more at UScellular.com slash built for us. Um wow, hey, that by, was the, by the way, let, let's that I, I Nebraska's in a pretty good spot right it now. Sounds I like mean, I mean
0: Dominic loves this place, Sean.
1: Loves it. I mean that it, I mean, okay, Dominic was great mm-hmm. and that that was real. Like his oh, yeah. I mean they I mean nebra- Matt Rule and Nebraska have made up a lot of ground here. From when things kind of went south in the spring, they did. They have. I mean, they went. They went south, and you're right about that. And it's
0: Rule has made up a like you said, Sean. That's a great way to put it. They've made up a lot
1: of ground. The key is effort. I mean, the Riolas want to feel the effort, and and yeah. Matt, Matt Rule and the staff are putting that effort in, and that leads us to headline number two. <clears throat> Uh, Headline number two, Matt Rule is literally everywhere right now. Mm -hmm. Um, You look at him as a recruiter. um, He's been out on the road here on Thursdays in St. Louis. Um, He's been all over in Omaha and different high schools. I mean, you you name it. I mean, he's been coast to coast. They'll be back out. You heard Dominic Riola. I would assume Matt Rule is going to be out there Friday. Um, You know, it wouldn't surprise me if Nebraska sends the whole staff out to Chandler. I I don't know that, um, but – yeah, you know, I, I would imagine a large group will be out there um, on the final day. They can kind of see Dylan Raiola.
0: Yeah, this is pretty exciting. I mean, you, when you really think about it, the number one player in the country happens to be a quarterback. He happens to be the son of a guy who loves this place, who played here. Happens to be the you know the nephew of the offensive line coach. It's all very exciting. But Nebraska does have to show them a package. Um, and one of the things Dominic didn't mention today, Sean, but mentioned it he's mentioned it to me before, is he wants his son at a place that he knows Dylan will improve. Satterfield's going to be big in this. Satterfield has to be able to show that this is this is how I'm going to improve your son. Um, so as far as rule goes, Dominic, you, you get a sense of it from listening to him. He's all about hard work. Dominic is still – Dominic's retired, okay, and he's still about hard work, okay. He just doesn't – Dominic is just that guy, you know. And you know, Sean, that he appreciates what he sees from rule. I, I know he does. Dominic is like the fan base. He hungers – God, I can't tell you how many times I've talked to Dominic about it. He hungers for this place to get back. Like he said, we, we, me and him have talked over the years. They hire coach after coach, and we try to break it down and assess how it's going to go. And it's just been disappointment, right? He wants it bad. Son could be a, be a big part of it. Well, and Son you could mentioned Marcus Satterfield. Yeah. Um,
1: he, he's had some experience coaching a player, at least of the caliber on paper, of Dylan rayle I mean, Spencer Rattler. Yeah, I mean, good point. Spencer Rattler is a five-star quarterback. Um, mm-hmm. When we went out to Norman, Oklahoma in 2021, the, he was looked at at that time to be a number one draft pick. He was. And I remember saying, yeah, he's not. But you got to give um, Satterfield credit. I mean, he – the way Rattler played at the end of the year, finished the
0: season strong.
1: He was as good as any quarterback in the
0: SEC. Yeah, he threw for six hundred yards against Tennessee, six touchdown passes. That was the night I watched that game because Nebraska played during the day, and I would, man, I mean, it was. If you if you saw the South Carolina offense that night, you'd be blown away. Now, to be fair, and I'm sure the Husker fans will are. Are thinking this as, as we speak, Saturday, it wasn't all good with Satterfield
1: in no South Carolina. I mean,
0: he, I mean, there are a lot of fans ready to run him right out of there, you know. But he did finish strong, for sure.
1: Yeah, it's going to be interesting just to see kind of how the week ends. But it's been impressive when you look at what mm-hmm. Matt Rule has done on the road, just with the way the coaches have been out. I've been doing this a long time. And okay. as far as an in-state presence and what they've done, I've never seen anything like it. Really? Never. See, and you're not just a hype
0: man. Because you you can hear that sort of stuff when a new coach comes over. And a lot of fans, Sean, I'm going to tell you, their eyes will glaze over. Okay, we've heard it all before. These guys, they
1: come in and they attack the in-state recruiting. and It all sounds good. But what you're seeing is real. Yeah, and, and normally when they do in-state recruiting here, for example, you might go to like the 10 or 15 mm. best programs uh, because that's all you have time for. Um, they're going everywhere. I mean, mm-hmm. they're going to like – Buena Vista High School, which just opened on 60th and L Street this year. Oh, yeah, I've been by it. I mean, Bryan, <laughs> yeah. South, Battle Creek, I mm-hmm. mean, Cross County. Um, that's in Stromsburg, by the way, I believe. I think so. Um, but, I mean, they're everywhere. I mean, you name it, they've been to pretty much every A, B, and C school in the state. Mm-hmm. You know, when you break it all down. That's it, amazing. It, they're, and, you know, Trev on – his statewide
0: radio program on Tuesday night he did say that rule has exceeded his expectations in terms of work pace that's exactly what he said word for word that rule and his staff ha- have exceeded trev's expectations in terms of w- of work pace now that you know that's the kind of thing that gets dominic Rayola's attention it does i know dominic i mean dominic is a hard, is a is about hard work and his you know, and being and doing things right, and what you're seeing, Sean, is that rule is h- working hard and doing things right.
1: Yeah, it, it's, and I don't think we would have been able to know this going in because at Baylor, there's just not the media microscope on things no. in Temple. I mean, no, when, not Temple. When you, but when you even at Baylor, right. um, I mean, oh the, yeah, the Waco newspaper might have one guy covering it. Right. There's a website called like Sikkim Three Hundred and Sixty that's pretty big there. But not, you know, like, they don't have, like, a lot of media. No. Hardcore. No. Day-to-day coverage. No. It's and, not even close uh, to this place. And fan passion. So, here, like, the work is being elevated even more on, like, a stage. Like, people are like, wow. I mean, because they're following. I think the coaches enjoy, like, how much people care here. Uh-huh. Like, everybody, ca- like, it's a like. When you go to the grocery store, people ask you like, are they going to get down to 85? Like yeah. how many places in the country are like when not, you're buying your eggs, which are not cheap by the way. No. <laughs> they're not. 6 dollars for a dozen. <laughs> but when you're buying your eggs, some guy in the checkout line's like, how's the rascal going to get down to 85? I mean, like yeah. I think Matt Rule appreciates that like that people give a, you know what here.
0: Yeah, and not and you and you hit it. Well, you've gone to plenty of places over the years where it's not the case. I've gone to plenty of places. What, what's really struck me about Nebraska is the spring game. When you see the spring game, like when we when I worked downtown, I was always amazed. Man, this looks like a game day. You know, it looks like a game day. This looks like a game day. And I've been to places on in on autumn Saturdays that didn't look anything like Nebraska for the spring game. That's what always would strike me. Wow, Fresno that you can barely even tell there's a game here today doesn't look like doesn't look like Nebraska at all. Michigan State, we've been to Michigan State where you drive up real close to the stadium and like it's Carney State, and you just walk in. UNK. and um, K, not not in Nebraska. I mean, it's a different
1: animal here. Think about this possible: say Dylan Raiola makes a decision before the spring game and he picks Nebraska. <laughs> yeah, and the Raiolas say, "We're well, obviously they would come probably to the spring game." Can you imagine the scene? You know, they honor former, former players, recognize, and they recognize Dom Raul at the spring game, what that would be like. <laughs> there would be, there'd be literally people with tears in their eyes. <laughs> I might
0: be one of them. Um, the, <laughs> they, they, there so, would Dom,
1: be... if you're listening or watching later, yeah. um, know that that scene could exist if you want yeah. that scene to exist. Well,
0: Dominic is I, – I just always emphasize this. Come on. I mean, not – you deal with a lot of player, ex-players, former players. I do too – they, they love their alma mater at different levels. you know. Some, it's just like anything else. There's a lot of guys who would say, yeah, I love my alma mater. But Dom is on that high end. Like he really – this place was so important to him. So Dylan's making the decision. It's definitely Dylan's decision. It'll be hard for him to bypass a place like Georgia where it's pretty much guaranteed success. But you do have that father – and even if his father tries to to divorce himself
1: somewhat, he's going to feel that love from his dad. He'll feel it, if, even if it's not spoken very often. And I so. think it was hard because obviously when Frost was here, they probably wanted it to work. But well, they knew, they did. they knew it wasn't going to work. And how hard would that be? Like something that you want, like a marriage, you want to work. And you just see it's not working. And it's not going to work. Yeah, it's heartbreaking. And, and that last spring was tough. Oh, God, uh, God. April and May, kind of when he just, you know. But anyway, let's get on to the next, Scott yeah. Frost, the next topic. Headline number Perfect. three. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you will hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment.
0: That is a harsh
1: lesson in business.
0: Sports is and not and, uh, as simple you know, my, as bringing a bunch of big names together.
1: I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so
0: many more doors. The show is
1: called The, the deal. deal. Listen to the deal.
0: Listen to the deal on Spotify.
1: Yeah. Scott Frost to Alabama. What? Nick Saban's looking for a new offensive coordinator, Bill O'Brien, um, off to the NFL. Um, the theory, and I was listening to Mike Hugenin, um from On Three, our one of our national experts, and he said Saban has kind of gone back and forth. He's gone pro style to spread O'Brien is pro style. The thought now is he wants more of a spread mind. Uh, would Scott Frost be somebody that Nick Saban looks at as an offensive coordinator? And honestly, that would be a great job for Scott Frost. Like I, I mean, but perfect job oh, for him. Yeah. Like it would be because. Number one, he's really good with talent. When he has talent like that and he you know, he just manages the plays in the offense, that that to me, would be like the home run scenario for him. And now is he going to get the job? That's a better. well, here's
0: a, here's where we're getting this from. The athletic had a rundown of the this morning of the open college assistant jobs. And what the athletic wrote, Sean, was on the college front, keep your eye on Jeff Lebby at Oklahoma. Slade Nagel at Tulane and Scott Frost at Nebraska for the OC opening at Alabama. That's not an analyst opening. That's a that's the real deal. Now calling plays for Nick Saban, <laughs> it's fascinating. it be I mean tell me that wouldn't well, be fascinating. The
1: other thing too, if you remember um, Bob, now I'm blanking on his name. Um, he worked for Nebraska for he's he's kind of like the personnel guy for Alabama. So Bob Welton, Bob Frost has a an in with Alabama with Bob Welton. Uh, Because Bob did leave here on good terms to go to Alabama, so yeah, that that is something to watch. I think a lot of people locally would probably be surprised if it played out that way.
0: Yeah, Um, I know. I it'd be somewhat good for Scott because it totally occupy his mind, and he wouldn't. He it would he would you know it enable him to completely forget about what happened here. You know, or he will never completely forget about it, but it would take his mind off of it. I got to think it's really hard for him almost on a daily basis to know what happened here. And, you know, he wants to move on, you know, and and this would this would I mean, this would really be moving on quickly. Right. I'll I'll kind of believe it when I see it.
1: Yeah. I mean, what about like a name like Cliff Kingsbury? Has he been mentioned?
0: No, I told you the three names they mentioned. Kingsbury took off for Thailand on a one-way <laughs> ticket. On a one-way ticket, Cliff Kingsbury left Arizona on a, with a one-way flight to Thailand. I now Thailand is a very much a tourist destination. It has beautiful areas like beaches. I've never thought of it that way. After I will tell you this though, when Kingsbury, when I when there was that report that Kingsbury took off to Thailand with a one-way ticket. I know I'm like a lot of people that went to the Google and said, Why go to Thailand? You know? And it I guess it is a pretty touristy spot. Seems like it's not where I'd go, but he's got a one way. Is he married? He's got a he's got an Instagram girlfriend. Oh, okay. Model. Insta model. <laughs> rough. That's rough. Tough deal. Yeah. <laughs> Tough. And he's make and you know what? I think Arizona's paying him for the next four years. I mean he's 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 like Can you imagine up. just like they're paying him for the next four years. He's just
1: that. walking around in some dirt road village in Thailand. Yeah. Probably eating fish or yes,
0: whatever you do in Thailand. <laughs> I don't even. Know. Yeah. There's like, again, there's beaches there and there's, you know, I don't know
1: what now I've is. watched. Do you ever watch that show locked up abroad? <laughs> I've Nat, I'm I'm cognizant of it. Yeah. Like one thing I've learned is you don't try to break the law in Thailand. Is that right? Oh, I mean, people like try to smuggle drug. Like uh-huh. people go on these one way tickets and they'll go to Thailand and they run out of money. naturally yeah and so they meet somebody in a bar or a club and said hey take this package to point a to point b Uh on a flight Uh and then they get caught and then they have to go to prison in thailand and it's like dang near a life sentence if you Mm. have drug smuggling charges in thailand yeah
0: yeah yeah what i always say sean no felonies after age 55 that's where i'm at
1: (laughs) (laughs) but yeah thailand uh that will be uh i'm sure he doesn't have a cell phone out there oh come on I don't know about that. Now
0: you're, now you're getting a little bit provocative. Uh-uh. I, he's probably got a cell phone, Sean.
1: Yeah, if his agent wants to find yeah. him. Yeah, yeah. He'd find him. All right, let's get on.
0: With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com.
1: Headline number four, um, two things. Number one, baseball season, practice starts this week, but basketball. I want to talk basketball with you. As we transition to some other sports topics, uh, Nebraska lost to a Northwestern, and I don't think we're surprised they lost the game. I think we're surprised what it looked like, how mm-hmm. well Northwestern shot, how well they rebounded on Nebraska. Uh, just a lot of things fell apart for Fred Hoiberg's team. And on paper, I thought, you know what? This is a winnable opportunity. Northwestern's on short rest, having to play Monday, Wednesday. Mm-hmm. Nebraska should win this game at home, and they didn't. And, you know, North. I think this is kind of a snapshot of what it could be like down the stretch when you take away some of the key players they've lost. This is not the same Nebraska basketball team, sipple that beat Creighton.
0: No, there's a, there's a few ways to look at this, and I've been on record here of – I mean, I've said I'm going to cut Fred some slack, okay, because of the injuries to Jawan Gary and Emmanuel Bandamo, okay? I cut, I'm going to cut Fred slack. I like the way they play. Uh, Fred has flipped the culture. He's, he's totally changed their modus operandi, and he's done it, and it looks good. Didn't look good last night. Fred said it. I mean, I, I, I listened to Fred on a postgame. I mean, he didn't like the energy, Sean. They had 16 turnovers. That was the, a key stat. The other key stat was they got out – rebound. They got, they got beat on the boards pretty bad, especially the offensive glass. You know, defense, a lot of defense is closing the possession with the defensive rebound, right? They didn't do that. Northwestern got too many second-chance opportunities. Northwestern scored on over 50% of its possessions. Northwestern was really well-prepared. And they – Sean, you, you played basketball at Omaha Gross at a semi-high level. Um, <laughs> <He's>, yeah. <laughs> you, you, they ran into a Northwestern team that was shooting the ball well that night. And you know how that goes. Shoot, Northwestern was shooting it really well. Yeah, and well.
1: Though, you meant those same shots. When they beat Iowa, Iowa wasn't hitting them. Like, right. They, when they yeah. almost beat Purdue, Purdue wasn't hitting Hold on, shows. though. Hold on.
0: Now, that's where you go back to Gary and Banda, Gary and Bandamel played against Iowa. I watched that Iowa game. Iowa wasn't moving the ball like Northwestern, and Nebraska was fully stocked at that point. It's a whole different game now. That Now, I've heard from people, though, that say, Sippel, you keep talking about cutting Fred slack because they lost Bandamel and Gary. The 49ers are one game away from the Super Bowl with the third-string quarterback. Do J- you see what I'm saying? He's... Sh- the, the Fred – Fred doesn't have – well, I'll just say Fred's detractors would say, wait a second. I mean, teams lose guys. Does that have to be a death knell? Does it you just ride off the season? I mean, when Bo Pellini was down to Kellogg Jr., did we just did we
1: cut Bo slack? Yeah, Ron not Kellogg. Not to bring that back. Ron well, Kellogg. Not to bring all that back, but did you do that? He won games at Michigan and Penn State. Yeah. and it, the, I know
0: this. The narrative wasn't – Ah, if Pelini just can get seven with a third string quarterback, imagine like Matt
1: Masker winning at Michigan.
0: Right? Do you know what I'm saying? We didn't. You weren't saying, Sean, to me. Hey, if Pelini can just get to seven. That's fine because he's got a backup quarterback. Now you could come at me and say, "Well, that's what you're saying about Fred." I wrote it in a column. If they can just get seven Big Ten wins now, it'll probably be okay.
1: I think ah. we read the boss though. Like under Bo, we were reading the Eichhorst Perlman situation, and we knew they wanted him out of there, so yeah. they, they, they were gonna—they weren't cutting him slack. I mean, beating Penn State and Michigan on back-to-back weeks on the road, back-to-back weeks with we, with, with Kellogg. Like, or was it with Kellogg? Uh, no, no. Tom, Tommy had a bad ankle, and Kellogg had to play. Penn State. P- yeah. Tommy played against Michigan. Michigan. Yeah. And Amir scored late. But yeah. Tommy played back to
0: back game. road weeks. Yeah. Anyway, so the Fred conversation
1: will heat up. Last night wasn't good for him. Does Trev want to make a move on him? That's that's what we don't know. And Trev has been very supportive. Yeah. He, publicly, he has. Uh, uh, and. Do I think with Frost even over over a year ago? Not right. Like when you're going back to last offseason, there was a thought: Oh, they need to make a move on him. But it just never felt like the booster, like the fans and the boosters, were ready to make the move yet. They wanted to kind of see how it went. One more, and and they and Frost got his what two or three games, and they made the move at that yeah. point. Yeah, uh, and some at the time said, Oh, Trev should have done it the year before, um, but he didn't. Mm-hmm. Is he, is it going to be a situation like that with? Fred, if he kept Fred and it you know, it doesn't go well, then yeah. he has to kind of be in a similar situation with Frost the next year. I mean, I, you just wonder what Trev's thinking right now. I,
0: you, you do wonder, but you alluded to it. He, Trev likes the way this team plays. Trev has talked about how he wants Nebraska teams to play with a style and have a culture and a program that's reflective of the state hard working, tough minded, never quit. You wouldn't say that about Fred's team last season. You wouldn't. They weren't particularly hard working, tough minded. Does Fred want to coach that way though? Well, that's so Fred changed the culture and well, to keep his job he might um but I don't he know. He has
1: so much money.
0: Yeah. If he's I don't know what he's driven by. He seems it's his fire seems like it burns pretty hot here. I mean, I, his
1: boy his boys playing. Right.
0: I I, I I mean, I heard a lot of disappointment in his voice last night on, on that post-game post game interview. He doesn't sound like a guy who's going through the motions. I've heard coaches that are, sound like they're going through the motions, okay? He, do, he doesn't sound like that. Now, he sounds very disappointed. And he knows, Sean, now, he knows he's in an unrelenting conference. It's not – the Big Ten's not as good as usual, but it's still – Sean, they're going to Maryland on Saturday to play a team that just beat Wisconsin by 18. You don't think of Maryland as a great team, but they just beat by Wisconsin, they just beat Wisconsin by 18. Then goes on the road, stays on the road cuz they go to Illinois. What did Illinois do to them? They beat, they beat them by 26 in Lincoln, Sean. I think you were there. Okay. And that was a bad match. Yeah, you're staring at 3 and 7 right now. You're 3 and 7 right now. You could quickly go to 3 and 9 and you got to you can't let it get out of control, right? That's what he's thinking about, I guarantee you.
1: You're a podcast listener, and this is a podcast ad. Reach great listeners like yourself with podcast advertising from lips and ads. Choose from hundreds of top podcasts offering host endorsements, or run a reproduced ad like this one across thousands of shows to reach your target audience with lips and ads. Go to lipsandads.com now. That's L I B S Y N ads dot com. All right, final headline signing day is Wednesday and you know, it had gotten to the point the last three or four years where this February signing day had kind of been just a big nothing burger where, you know, they might sign one guy or no yeah. guys even. Yeah. Well, right now, Nebraska's going to have th- at least three high school guys signing on Wednesday, uh, wide receiver Demetrius Spell, and then teammates Ismael Smith-Flores, the tight end, and then Jeremiah Charles. They should also get Sua Um, He is visiting Weber State this weekend, hmm. and – Nebraska um, was the week before. He canceled his Indiana visit. I like the Huskers there. So probably looking at four high school guys signing. Uh, but the main thing is simple. We'll get another opportunity to speak with Matt Rule. It will be the first time that he's spoken with reporters in close in close to, what, seven weeks or so.
0: Yeah. Well, he's been pretty busy. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. It'll be good to talk to him. Um, there, there's going to be more dialogue with him in the coming days between the local media uh, with the local media, so yeah, and then in, on signing day, those players are all pretty interesting to me. Um, I really like that kid. Um, say his name again, Lef- 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 Lafatou. Lafatou. Yeah, uh,
1: Sua. I, Let's call him Sua.
0: Didn't start at Saint at it's John Saint John Bosco Prep in Belleville, California. Didn't start, which you know that always is sort of a red flag. But he had 24 tackles, and I watched him. I, I, God, I watched him, and my thought was, whoa. I mean that's the number one prep team in the country, by the way, the number one team in the country, undefeated, um, powerhouse, and his playing time. He played a lot, and man, he's good to the ball. I mean, he's a powerful kid. I mean, I'm not I'm not putting too much on him here. Just, I'm not talking about Sue here, but I, boy, I liked what he, what I saw. He's bit. He's you know he's Sean. He's six four and two eighty five. You know,
1: moves well. A lot of questions though. And a lot of people have. It'll be hard to get. You know, you got at, at a deal like this when everyone wants a crack at at the coach with questions. You, you might get one or two questions in at the press conference on signing day. So you got to be kind of selective. Mm-hmm. Have you thought about like what's on your mind for for Wednesday?
0: Mm.
1: I know it's hard to say now because so much can still happen. But
0: I mean, there's a lot actually. I. Yes, the question I have is something he addressed on busing with the boys. I'm very interested in that Texas recruiting, and he he addressed that on busing with the boys. I would I would just like to like follow up on that, I guess.
1: And and you're referring to um, with Oklahoma and Texas leaving the Big Twelve, and then Cincinnati, BYU, and Central Florida joining the Big Twelve. All of a sudden. The Big 12 is no different than the Big 10 and the SEC. It's it's a regional league or it's a national, national. league. National league yeah, excuse me, national national league, yeah. no longer a regional league. Mm-hmm. And and that's going to allow you know more people the ability to say, look, you're going to have to travel wherever your kid goes in place.
0: Mm-hmm. It's it's more of a national conversation in that USC and UCLA are coming into the Big 10, Sean. I mean, it's just become more of a national more and more or maybe it's better to put it this way: less and less regional. I mean, the regional, the regional discussion has been diminished greatly by the way all you know all the conference shakeup, shakeup. So, yeah, I get it. I didn't, you know, I didn't think of it that way until Rule said that I'm busting with the boys. So, I'd like to expand on that. Why? I mean, it's clear why he likes Texas in one regard, and that is. He has staff members now that have great connections. And that, you know, I can be, like I talked about the other day, that can be a time saver. Um, you, can, you can recruit more efficiently with those kind of connections. You can just call a guy, Sean, that you know and trust and say, okay, you got to run him back there. Is it, is it worth it for us? Yes, get him. The, the, co- the other coach. Bob Weger,
1: just yeah. on his own team, did that yeah. to get yeah. guys to Nebraska.
0: Yes, get him. You know how much time that can save? Okay, we don't, have to, we don't have to delve into this too much. No, you don't have to delve into anything. Eat The kid's ready. Or that
1: coach will say, hey, yeah, we'll get him up there. Don't worry about it. They'll right. come up.
0: Yeah. Time saver. It's efficiency. That's part of it. I mean, talent acquisition. Sean, come on. Talent acquisition is almost the whole game. It, I mean, come on. I mean, there's a lot that goes on to make a football team look like Georgia. But number one is talent acquisition. Right.
1: Garrett um, or uh, Garrett McGuire, too. Like, I'm really fascinated what he's going to bring on that busing with the boys interview. Matt Rule said, look, he goes, I understand his age situation, but we're lucky to get this guy. He goes, I'm going to be lucky to keep him here for three or four years because he's going to be that well thought of in this industry. He's no different than some of the different guys that he's had on his staff that are now coaching at bigger jobs elsewhere, like Fran Brown at Georgia, uh, the Texas A&M defensive line coach over there that they try to potentially get here. I mean, he, he's had he, – he used that example. It's like, look, I've hired young coaches that young, and look where they're at now, um, you know, in big, big-time jobs. So he goes, I look at this hire no different. And he goes, I could have went out and hired a bunch of big-name guys that think they had it all figured out, uh, but they don't really want to work the way I want to work. He goes, I build a staff of guys that want to work the way I want to work. And mm-hmm. I we've been around enough coaches with big names and kind of – recruiting egos would be a way to say it that they they're going to do it their way yeah and, and it's hard sometimes to get everybody on the same like guys just making their own offers without running up the ship um you know oh, that won't be happening that won't be happening and there there that has happened at nebraska a lot over the years where guys just kind of make their own offers without kind of getting approved through a process they kind of go rogue yeah and they're you know like Mick, mickey went a little, I mean, he had a big name, big, he he'd just make his own offers, you know, like mm-hmm. he offered and, and that's fine, but then it creates Is kind it, of a complicated deal. It
0: can, if you think about it, you don't have to think too hard about why that would create complications with the head coach and other staff members. I don't want to throw Mickey out on, I don't want to throw him out there
1: all that much. Cause Sean others did it. Others did it, but he's an example. Like yeah. I'm just using an example of like tra- some transfers they took that probably they didn't need to take, mm-hmm. but he had the connection and, and just kind of – they took, I mean, so I, that's not going to happen with this staff. The way right. Rule has built it, I, I get the sense that they're a much more cohesive group and it's run at the top. That's critical. I mean, everybody knows
0: over there now who's in charge, okay? And you've always, you always have that to a certain extent. It's always – so much about life, Sean, is about distinctions and matters of degree, And I'd say rule, it's a very high degree of how much people know who's in charge over there. And rule, I mean that's you tip your cap to rule on that. He he, listen, he's the leader, and he embraces that. He embraces that. He's there, you know. He's working harder than anybody, and he can't. And I'll tell you one thing, you wouldn't say that about all the head coaches over the years here. You wouldn't.
1: All right, well that wraps it up here for Husker Online headlines. Um, Reminder: if you're not a member of Husker Online, check us out. $29.99, Twenty nine ninety nine get you access to the site all the way until August 31st. Ma- reminder to download, like, subscribe to our podcast, as well as like the Husker Online YouTube channel and subscribe to us on here. For Steve Sippel, I'm Sean Callahan. Thanks to our producer, Megan Guttner, uh, behind the scenes, putting the show together.